Design Freaks Podcast. Hi. Welcome to the show. This is a podcast about record covers, graphic design, music history, design history. Why not? Uh, my name's Clarita. I'm a Seattle-based graphic designer, artist, record collecting person. Welcome to episode 18. Wow. Only took me two years to record 18 episodes. Um, my guest this episode, I'm really excited about. He's a multi multidisciplinary artist, musician, and the founder of Homeskillet Records out of Sitka, Alaska, Nicholas Galanin, or Ye Hyatsin. Um, and some artists on his label, Homeskillet, are, there's a lot of Seattle names here, Eric Blood, Tayshawn, OC Notes, Old Grape God, Silver Jackson, Sunny and the Sunsets out of the Bay Area, and of course, his band, Indian Agent. Very cool record covers on this label, so I wanted to talk to him, kind of see what the connection was with Nepsidu, also the graphic designer for Shabazz Palaces, and uh, how he collaborates with his artists. So you may also know his conceptual fine art pieces, exploring indigenous erasure and duality, often displayed as visual metaphor, something I'm very into. So I'll have links to his uh, various interviews and uh, the different gallery sites where you can find his work. But a couple things, I really like that in this episode, you can get a sense of his home and family. Um, there's gonna be ambient sounds there because he is at home. Um, and I wanna thank the whole family for allowing me into your space. But you'll get to hear, it's kind of like a slice of, of life for Nicholas, so very cool. In this episode, we mention his conceptual piece, Shadow on the Land. The whole title is Shadow on the Land, an Excavation and Bush Burial 2020, um, just so you know what we're referring to. And he excavated the shadow cast by the statue of Captain Cook. It almost looks like both uh, an archaeological dig or a burial. Anyways, uh, look it up. Uh, I'll have links to everything, like I said. And there's other pieces you may recognize. Um, White Noise, American Prayer Rug, the uh, woven rug of the TV screen with static. So cool. His website is galanin, but G-A-L-A-N dot I-N. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a second, please rate, review, share on socials, etc., so other nerds and freaks can find the show. You can get to all my socials through designfreakspodcast.com. Send suggestions, comments, jokes. Also, check out all the interesting content on ruinousmedia.com. Hey, stay safe, everyone, and enjoy. Hi. Hi, Nicholas. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, as you know, this is a podcast about mostly about record covers, but also about any sort of music related imagery. So I wanted to talk to you about, first of all, your art and um, as a graphic designer myself with a fine art background, I think it's pretty fascinating and kind of want to know um, a little bit about that connection. But I first of all want to congratulate you on the Erica Baidu wearing your crown. Oh, yeah, thank you. How did that come about? 
Um, that was just through collab. We we met through collaborators at mutual friends. So yeah, and then we just I don't know. We started talking and working on some possible collaborations, other collaborations with with Badu. So nice. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. Um, listeners, uh, go to. It's at uh, Nicholas Galanin. Nicholas Galanin. Cool. Yeah, at Nicholas Galanin. That's my name. Check out that sweet crown. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, do you sell, do you have like a separate website where you sell the wearable art? You know, I used to sell a lot of it. And that would fund a lot of my other ideas and projects, but it's now it's definitely less of a, I don't have as much time for it right now. So a lot of it's just custom stuff and custom orders and people just reaching out. So speaking of time, how have you been, how is it going in Sitka? How is the COVID situation? It's good. It's been a really rainy gray summer here and living in a rain cloud, but um, COVID, you know, it's a small community. So it's, I don't know what the count is now. It's definitely here. Oh, people really? seem people seem to be, uh, you know, it's a mix of people that are actively being cautious and then those that just don't care. And uh, they're trying to open up the schools here soon, which is to me seems kind of crazy. But could um, be the best if they, you know, Juno's homeschooling. Our Juno's doing all right, the next community up, larger community mm-hmm. is all online. So. I think that we're going to find ourselves there potentially anyways with um, any news of cases any, um, in, yeah. in, in, in the buildings and whatever. So, Yep. Uh, I just heard today that 100,000 kids were reported. That's real. The continent um, in the last two weeks. So it's definitely, they're not immune like people kind of thought before. So... Yeah. Um, I have a friend in Haines. And, oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, they've got some cases there, I know. And, mm-hmm. You know, we live in a community that's been, you know, it's not a really tight urban space by any means, so there's lots of access to outdoors and trails and mountains and ocean, and so I'm grateful for that, for sure. I'm definitely jealous to see your uh, awesome uh, boat trips and... You know, living vicariously. Oh yeah. On the little Cessna plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and your your you and your family are making smoked salmon. We are. Yeah, That's right? just yeah. it's a season for for all of that. So you know we process a lot of our own fish and hunt and all oh, that. So. Yeah, and you were. I saw that you were on a PBS special. Uh, I was filming all last week. It was crazy. There was big followed around with a film crew of five or whatever and it was uh, intense but they're gone wow wow so, uh but yeah that'll be <laughs> that'll be aired like in december i think it'll be fun to see it on the horizon for home skillet well i've been working on a record 
I can't tell you who's releasing it yet unless you beep it out. Oh, can really? You, can, well, can you edit it? Because it's not really. It. It's, yeah, you will? Oh, awesome. So, it's releasing this new record, which is exciting. Yeah. Sweet. So, I've been working on that for two years and just working with really amazing collaborators and artists. And, is this um, under the name Indian Agent? Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's exciting. I'm actually mixing that record right now in LA. <gasps> Congrats. Uh, with Eric Blood, who's amazing. He's on the record too. He flew up last year. You know, I have a home, I have a studio here. So when we could travel, yeah. uh, I've had, I've been, I've had several guest collaborators come fly up and, you know, we just made music. Uh, it's been a good process. So, um, yeah, for home skillet, things have kind of slowed down for, uh, you know, I've switched it up to just pressing records, like small run vinyl for, for home skillet records. And um, I've got a new album that I've, is that I just um, listened to that I want to press 100 on. And that was um, Tayshawn's got a new record that I'm really excited about. We, we pressed his last album. So, so that might be a, that might be an upcoming project, but yeah, there's no real, you know, it's a big passion project. It's not like, it's not like we're uh, paying bills with it or anything. It's more of just supporting artists and work we believe in. I believe in. So, with your new album, what's up with the artwork? Is Nep doing it? I'm not sure yet. You know, just uh, just arrived at a possible album title, and I think for me the artwork comes. Um, after everything's together and the, after the music's there and, and it's sequenced and everything makes sense, then I think an album art, album art ideas can really get kicked around. Yeah, I would love to have that work on that though, for sure. You know, I love the work that him and uh, Todd, Todd do with all of their records. He's done stuff for Home Skillet in the past and you know, the Shabazz Palace, Palace's work mm -hmm. that it, He's been doing. Actually, yeah, you know, we've collaborated heavily on visual art stuff. So, and yeah, uh, I was gonna. I saw that on your website. I was gonna ask what, how you guys collaborate. You know, it's different. It it depends on what it is. So, but we we're able to work from a distance, and then which I you learn to do living in a place like Alaska. It's. So you're Definitely. already kind of quarantined. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what the album artwork will be yet. You know, it's fun to think about the possibilities. Speaking of, I'm looking at a couple, uh, I'm looking at the Indian agent record, Alaska, and um, looking at hearing how you, you know, need to develop the idea, look, yeah. and then comparing that to a finished product. Um, how did this idea come about where your um, bandmate is inside the triangle and you two are oh, we, outside? Um, is there significance? I mean, yeah, always can be, I guess. But it's um, we worked with Carlos Cruz, who is a really amazing uh, director and photographer based in Seattle now. Actually, I was just on the... Um, I was just on the phone with Carlos yesterday. We're doing some collaborations on this new record. Uh, but yeah, Carlos, let's see, his website is I am Carlos Cruz, I think. Let me see. Nice. Yeah. And um, 
you can see a lot of his photography work that he's done. He's done incredible portraits of, you know, I, I mean, some amazing artists and athletes and um, just does really great work. Oh, I'm but, looking at it now. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah, so the challenges of, of um, collaborating in distance, I suppose, and, and we live in an era where you exceed this this record was before covid but even you know after covid it still travels a, a different situation so we did a lot of collaboration from afar sometimes with otis oc notes on some of some of that record Love but, oc notes uh, yeah yeah he's amazing and prolific you know and um so he's flown up a couple of times um, throughout the last year or so to work on this project. But we, as we completed that record, we realized like we don't have, we're, all, we're not all together. Uh, mm. So we got Carlos up to Alaska and Carlos shot mm. Zach and I who are based here. Mm-hmm. And then he shot Otis um, in Seattle area. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we work with, uh, I want you studios, Christian Peterson, oh, yeah. um, who's incredible. Oh yeah. Always. I got to interview him too. Yeah, you should. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, I've collaborated with him on projects in the past and stuff. And, um, for, for years now, I used to run a music festival here and, uh, Christian used to do some of the posters, which were, you know, really beautiful and iconic. Um, yeah. His work but, um, is, yeah, I love all this. Yeah, still. he's really fun to work with, and and I I love I love approaching our conversations and you know having no expectation and seeing seeing what these interpretations are that come out of it. Uh, working with other artists and designers like that, so Christian put together that that record. Uh, we sent him the portraits and the images, and then of course. Oh, um, he did. Okay. Yeah, so he, he took he took a lot of the. Um, you know, there was, we collaborated on aspects of it, uh, on the inside imagery and artwork and just concept mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, another artist in Seattle that I've collaborated with on a lot of our home skillet logos and records and design is Radjaw Gregory Smith. He's um, been fun to work with in the past, too. I also love the photography. It's very ghost-like, the All I See. Oh yeah, so that was really cool. Again, I think these are like I think music's such a collaborative process, and there's a lot of you can just arrive at things at rates that you generally wouldn't. Or you can arrive at you know new versions or of ideas and work by including other people in that process. Uh, and I think there's a lot of power in that. But um, yeah, all I see was photography with Jesse Huey, who's also a cl- collaborator and friend who's based, who's from Sitka. Um, he's now living in Seattle, performing with a lot of different bands and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he, he does photography and video work as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he whenever he comes back to Alaska to visit his family, we end up hanging out and recording music or whatever. And this time he brought us brought his camera and he's doing his multi-exposure images and that's where that image came from so I think that's one of my favorite 
trick photography it's, trick yeah, so yeah awesome. it's good huh? yeah um i love it and i love that alaska is behind you know it's like featuring the, the yeah it seemed, it seemed really fitting for the project that we were working on in the music we we're making it's such a beautiful image and to capture to capture you know we don't we actually haven't all three of us haven't sat down in front of cameras together too often and we're not always in the same place so yeah how are people gonna do photo shoots now <laughs> i don't know yeah it's a lot of photoshop yeah photoshop it <laughs> we'll just have to get creative i guess um, no worries we'll get there it'll yeah. be like screen screenshots like this be, yeah. yeah Ooh, no <laughs> so i was wondering okay so i i watched one of your many interviews and listeners there's a ton of if you want to know more about um nicholas's fine art there's that's why i kind of don't want to talk so much about that because there's already so many interviews out there a lot of info out there about you the galleries um the bloom gallery and all that i mean they're it's fabulous but i just i do want to touch on something you said in um the one about shadow on the land um and how archaeology has been used as a tool of white supremacy. I mean, I mean, uh, I think the process of uh, the relationship of archaeology in relationship to indigenous community and culture and history, mm -hmm. land rights, etc. That's where a lot of that statement comes into play, I guess, and and visibility of our community or how mm -hmm. we're actively erased and um so but yeah i think documenting and diving deeper into what's visual culture visual language what's consumed mm -hmm. what's it, and it's interesting to think about it's important to, to document it and share that uh i think about you know i ran this music festival here in sitka for 10 years and um called home skillet fest and with that every year there was some imagery and graphic design and the promotion and the posters and the art and the tickets that you know just a, and a lot of that's gone from i didn't care to save it at the time or to whatever yeah. so so it, it, it the consumable um disposable nature of some of those things and objects can go fleetingly you know like if you don't if you don't pause and mm -hmm. and take it in so i guess i'm i'm also thinking it makes me kind of re-examine everything such as uh specifically white psychedelia from the 60s yeah i don't know i just feel like there's uh. <laughs> so much culturally that has mm. been appropriated, you know, appropriated borrowed taken colonized yeah so completely yeah mm -hmm. well that's a, there, there, so there's an that's unfortunately that practice is common mm -hmm. heavily in a lot of industries creative mm -hmm. creatively down to the music that's being made down to the way music is um you know you could you could listen to like auto-tuned country music nowadays with hip-hop cadence and it's insane <laughs> <laughs> the consumption it's so insane but um the and that happens in the fashion industry 
happens in the happens in the visual arts um so a lot of these things we actually are you know voicing putting our uh feet down or hands in the air whatever whatever it is they're all connected to deeper narratives it's important to acknowledge that so and that's yeah and i think that is important and it can make you think differently it's yeah just awareness i'm not making any grand statements right now i'm just saying it's interesting to to notice how everything is sort of merging and overlapping and seeing well sometimes <laughs> things are taken like blatantly and yeah. they're and and if you go into positions of places of paid power in mm -hmm. a in a business, a company, organization, et cetera, and you see who's generally in those seats, mm -hmm. uh, then you, and, and you start to put piece together, oh, what's being taken from whom? Mm -hmm. You know, like a, a, a lot of the, and I've had, I've had like many visual artists probably, uh, I'm no stranger to ad agencies mm -hmm. blatantly ripping off my work or ideas on a budget that they're getting from some corporation to do their, you know, Converse ad. I've had somebody ad agency call me saying Converse wants us to make your work, but oh we don't God. we don't have the budget to pay for it. We have this budget. Can you do it? And I said no. We can't. No. You can't use any of that at all. Stop. I. Oh my. And you God. know, it, and it's the ad agency that was in the middleman that was trying to take and do this like sort of yeah. thing. So capitalists um, are the middlemen. Um, and, and so, yeah, have you had people well, try and to it was, recreate? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, it has happened, you know, like, but yeah. they can't actually do it. Like, it, it, uh, certain works lend themselves more to that conversation than others. And um, depending on the concept and the context and the, I'm not easily narrowed down to a particular style or identity um, and some, a lot of that work which I think is empowering. And, and so if someone even tries to take one aspect of it, they can't really ever capture the entirety of it because there's a lot, it's vast. There's lots of variation. And it's conceptual. Can't, yeah. 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 Um, I uh, taught a class on visual metaphor at Cornish, a poster class, and I wish I had shown them your work. It's a perfect example of the duality of not not necessarily opposites, but just combining two ideas and two things that um, yeah. are conflicting. I think there's yeah. so much power in that and so much immediacy. It's just like, yeah, oftentimes there's, I think, in, uh, it can be a really important tool in, um, mm -hmm. in helping a broad audience um, see themselves and mm -hmm their position in conversation without, um, you know, preaching or telling them this is how it is or this is what it is. There's a lot of gentle power in that, in the sense of allowing others to, to feel like they've done the work to arrive at something. <laughs> yeah. Just draw your own conclusion, but. And then they hold on to it. Then they, then they, then it's held on to and, and it's appreciated a little more. You know? it's, it's not, pushed aside and forgotten necessarily. So I think it provides real catalyst for change.
guess. Um, what was the first album cover you remember? Was there an album from your youth that you were fixated on? Yeah, you know, I, like I, I was thinking about this. My father had and still has a huge love for music. Um, so he's always been really influential in how I had even discovered or learned about different types of music, I suppose, mm -hmm. especially as a child. I grew up when there was vinyl records around, mm -hmm. which, you know, um, I was uh, born in 79, so 80s. Mm -hmm. And my dad, my dad was like this, you know, he was in bands and 70s rock bands was his oh, thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> so he, he was like, he raised us on Led Zeppelin and uh, that I remember I was in a grocery store one day and I heard Neil Young come on the radio and mm -hmm. it was that, it's that song, Old Man, Take a Look at My Eye. That's oh, Neil Young, yeah. right? Yeah, that's Neil and Young. I thought mm -hmm. it, but I only ever heard my dad sing that song really on the guitar. So I was Aww. like, oh, that's my, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Did he sound like Funny. Neil Young? I mean, to me, yeah, I guess. <laughs> when, like, like I heard the song and I was like, yeah, that's my pops. Aww, <laughs> is he still around? Yeah, he's he's living in Puyallup right now. I have a brother down there, and he's um, he's like a brilliant Delta Blues guitar player, and just guitar uh, guitar is his big jam. So, but he's he plays every day, and you know, all of my guitar collection is is um, guitars I bought off of him because he loves the loves instruments, and then gets tired of it or something. And I'm like, that's a nice guitar. I'll buy it. Has he seen your studio? My new one? No. It looks Not pretty yet. fun. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, I have this healthy obsession with synthesizers. Oh, man. And, uh, is, are those all modulars this, that I saw in your studio? There is modular. Yeah. There's a lot of modular, but they're not all. But yeah, I've just, they're, it's such a, I, I love the process of working and writing and having access to the sonics of synthesizer, analog mm. instruments. And um, so this new record is heavy with the synths <gasps> and some of that process, which is really fun. So. Oh, as far as records and album art, though, um, you know, I remember like, obviously some of the iconic Led Zeppelin covers. I think I remember some like Van Halen album art from the back in the day when I was a kid and that's just what was around. <laughs> the rock and, albums uh, were pretty good back yeah, then. Yeah. Faith No More, Guns N' Roses album art. Um, huh? Yeah. I, you know, that was kind of what was just around. So the first record I ever had was a tape. And I think it was U2, Joshua Tree, maybe. And then like, and then uh, Def, I think it was, it must have been Def Leppard, I think, or something. Oh, God. <laughs> or what is it called? I can't remember the famous one was his, now. His, hysteria, hysteria might have been it. I think yeah. that was it, yeah. <laughs> so I had this little tape player and I just like play those two tapes. Uh, I loved that Def Leppard logo when I was a kid. I didn't even know what yeah. graphic design was, but I was like, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but they didn't sound as tough as the logo. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs>
and then I'm looking forward to see what happens with this new record and what that packaging will be. I know yeah, it's exciting. So that's the like that's actually going to be the next step here. So getting to imagine and decide what what uh, makes sense for that visually. There's there's actually a um, I have a poet friend uh, that I have collaborated with and on projects and where he just invited me on a collaborative project um, that he's working on with um, Third Man Records. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's doing a, a book and a project on uh, Maggot Brain and uh, and so he's invited me to do some visual work alongside that and um, getting ready to kick that off, which is exciting. Whoa. Um, yeah, that'll be a fun trip down to, to just just that whole side of things will be really, uh, we'll see where it goes. Definitely. And then one, one more visual uh, project I'm working on is, um, it's not a music video, but it's more of a, um, I'd say, video piece mm -hmm. in response with uh, Michelle and Deggia Cello and the uh, uh, James Baldwin project that uh, is under work. So that's that's kind of up up on the plate here too this next month or so. so. Yeah. Um, and it was just, was it James Baldwin's birthday recently? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the beginning of the month. What an amazing figure. Oh man, major. We're all just appreciating more and more as time goes on. I know. Um, and so he was the inspiration of this project. Yeah, it's, it's it's not just a music project, my understanding, and I'm, and I'm not the best person to speak completely on it. Okay. Because, you know, I've just been brought into it as a collaborator. Is there a baby? <laughs> yeah, I can say hi. Oh yeah. Hey. Hi. How are you? <laughs> say hi. hi. Can you say hi? <laughs> <laughs> can you wave? Say bye bye. Bye bye. Hi. Okay, well, thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, that was fun. All right, thanks.
Would you let it burn if you saw the fire? Would you? 